42, a familiar passage is where we're going to go this morning for a few minutes. And we've worshipped the Lord and uh, what a great time of worship and a great time of expression to go on. I just encourage you in these moments to um, just open your ears to uh, the Word of God. I can't promise it's going to be 11 minutes, um, but it won't be too long. And uh, Acts 2.42, because this morning I want to talk for a few moments, just a word to set us up for the new year uh, regarding uh, something that's very dear to our hearts. You know, I'm very conscious that, uh, that uh, this is the first Sunday of ministry being preached from the pulpit. And I was praying this morning that every Sunday God would speak to us. Whoever the, whoever the instrument that God would speak. He may be somebody very experienced and he may be somebody that's just dipping the toes into ministry, but that God would speak to us. And the pit of my stomach was sort of strong, greater this morning than, than perhaps normal because I'm very conscious of the responsibility of ministering the word. I mean, to my 37th year of facing down 52 weeks and being responsible in some sort of way for preaching. I was nine when I started, you know. And, uh, and, <laughs> but God works in many ways, friends. And as Christian reminded us, nothing happens outside of prayer. But we believe that God speaks through his word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we're believing that God will continue to minister this year. So the title of the message this morning is Holy Ingredients, and we'll come there in a moment or two. But let me just read from Acts 2.42, just a few verses. It says, they, that is the church, the growing church of Jerusalem, that had just become 3,120, the previous verse tells us. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved they devoted themselves to teaching to fellowship to breaking of bread and to prayer and uh, we understand and we've said many times from this platform that God is not determined by a calendar or defined by it he is in time and out of time it's what the theologians call imminence he's with us and transcendence is beyond us but he understands that we are He understands that we're defined by time, that we're defined by calendars, that we're defined by restarts, that we're defined by new school terms tomorrow, that we're defined by new sales targets for the salesman, that we're in our congregation, and so we go on. There's a definition that time brings to us. Sometimes we wish it wasn't so, but we were talking in a leaders' meeting just before Christmas to understand that even in the context of a spiritual gathering such as this, There's some definition of time that has to be brought to it to make it work. And so this first Sunday of 2016, as perhaps we've prayed to God already over the last two or three days, asking God to help us, to bless our families, to minister to our church, it gives us a great great opportunity to reset our sails and to know that the wind of God's blessing is upon us. And so we come to Acts 2.42 A verse that's majorly determined amongst a number the journey of Arena Church, even in its own repurposing over the last eight to nine years. 
thanking God for a past, but intentionally walking into a future. And Christian and Andy have alluded to that this morning. And we are in awe of what God continues to do in our community, both here in Ilkeston and in Mansfield. And before we come to the verse, let me just briefly paint a backdrop to it. The Acts of the Apostles, the first book after the Gospels in the New Testament. Let's just notice two or three things. Number one, there was challenge. The church was bursting into life. Acts 2 is defined as the birth of the church. It's celebrated in the Christian calendar on a day called Pentecost. Growing and influencing, and yet also opposed and resisted. Nothing's changed. The the church knew favor and was growing, but people wanted to stamp it out. And so it is in our nation, friends, that if you listen to the press, you'd think that the church had gone completely to sleep. But all over the nation, from the north to the south, to the east to the west, there are communities like ours this morning that will not be defined by the culture of the day and say, we've decided to follow Jesus. There's no turning back. Don't be surprised this year, both personally and corporately, if if on occasions we're resisted. Don't be surprised if everybody doesn't like what's happening at Arena Church, even though we're determined to make a difference. There's a challenge. There was uncertainty. Jesus, in his bodily form, had left the earth. Were these disciples that had so often let him down going to cut it? Well, he believed they were, but I'm not so sure other people did. And of course, they were empowered in an amazing way. He says in verse 17 that in the last days, God would pour out his spirit on all flesh. Note that the last days began in the first days of the church. And I just encourage us, friends, in these days of uncertainty around our earth to continually look to God. We believe in prophecy, but don't try and nail every news headline with a prophetic word. You'll drive yourself crazy. Believe that God's in charge. Believe that God will step forward into, uh, into our future. And believe that however sometimes we may feel uncertain, God is our rock and fortress and will always be with us. There was spirit empowerment. It says in Acts 2 that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. I'll tell you what, Pastor Colin, in my late 80s, I want to be able to pray like that. It was awesome. And if you listen carefully, you listen to a lifetime's commitment to spirit outpouring and revival from Pastor Colin's heart. And he's still passionate about it. And we honor you for it, Colin. You cheer us on. And the pouring out of the spirit, friends, was not just by resolution. It may be that you curled yourself up at a ball at midnight on January January 1st and says, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start running. (laughs) Well, have you started? You know. I'm going to cut down on whatever, you know. And there's nothing wrong with a sense of resolve and having a goal and a target. But so often, um, in our humanity, the the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. By about the 14th of Jan, it's all gone to pot. and we, we, We don't want to just live in resolution. We want to live in revelation. And that is that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And that when you come to an understanding that the spirit of God was given to the earth when Jesus was exalted, and that you don't have to live this Christian faith in your own resolved effort, but in the power of his spirit, you can do all things. 
Just for the record, this church believes in people being spirit-baptized, spirit-filled again and again, spirit-led, and being spirit-gifted to exercise the gifts of the spirit both in the church and also beyond the church for the glory of God. And there was church growth. 120 became 3,120. And by Acts chapter 6, it was multitudes increasing. Observers, religious observers said in chapter 5 verse 28 that the disciples had filled the city, Jerusalem, with its teaching. And all these things resolved, friends, in great growth. One of the key words in our church this year is going to be growth. And uh, believing that God's church, the agency for change in the earth, as someone described it, will continue to grow. Every aspect of Arena Church, both here and in our North Nottinghamshire campus in Mansfield, will grow. Every aspect of ministry will grow. Every aspect of the community will grow. Every premise that we, that we currently hold will grow in Jesus' Jesus' name. It's the heart of God for healthy things to grow. It says there that they devoted themselves. <clears throat> they devoted themselves. They meant it. Devotion means dedication, consecration. It means to give yourself over to something. I was reading the local press just a couple of days ago of a man that supports Alfreton Town. It's a non-league team uh, in, the, in the National League North Division. And this man has not missed a game, home or away, since the 13th of December 1980. That's 1,872 games consecutively and counting. That's devotion. He refused to be the best man for somebody because he wanted to go and watch Alfreton Town. <coughs> he thought one day he was going to miss the game because he got chicken pox. Guess what? It rained and the pitch was waterlogged. <coughs> if someone called Bill Draper can be so devoted to Alfreton Town that he has never missed a game since 1980, how much more should our devotion come out of our heart to the living Christ and to his church where Jesus gave all that he could so that we might know his blessing in our lives. <clears throat> I want to say, friends, as Christian enclosures, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a, uh, an onus on us to devote ourselves. I want to say as a pastor, I've tried to be devoted for other people who didn't want to be devoted. It's exhausting. It really is. I've stopped doing it. I will give every encouragement, every fiber of my being and spirit to encourage every person in arena church to be devoted to God. But I can't do it for you. And nor can Christian. They devoted themselves to these great life principles with simplicity and with intentionality, believing for growth and power and influence, they gave themselves to the holy ingredients of prayer of teaching, of breaking of bread, and fellowship. Now you'll know that on the TV there's a great plethora of programs from expert chefs and cooks showing us how to put meals together. Sharon will tell you that I'm no great cook at all, but one of the programs that just catch my attention, it's the only one, is MasterChef. And uh, I was watching it just before Christmas and thought, just, just imagine, let's forget the competition for a moment, that you were having a night where you invited Marcus Wearing and Monica Galletti to your house for dinner. It would be scary, because they are scary. No matter how good the meal is, Marcus would say, not enough salt in it. 
And one of Monica's catchphrases is, you see, there should have been some more seasoning. There's never enough seasoning for Monica. But the reality is, friends, they understand with their incredibly acute palate that ingredients need to come together to make a great meal. As in the natural sign, the spiritual. Not complex, not, um, not in any way sort of trying to be a catch, but to recognize that this growing church understand and understood that to maintain momentum, it needed to commit to some holy or spiritual ingredients. And it brought it to a place of nourishment and sustenance. They gave themselves to, firstly, teaching. And I'll briefly work through these. They gave themselves, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Firstly, we need to be shaped by the word of God. Did you realize from Acts, sorry, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, where God says that he's come in grace to save us, that we might be his, his workmanship, that the word in the original language of the New Testament literally means masterpiece. Those of you that like sculpture or follow people that sculpture, well, no, they work away, they shape the material they're dealing with to bring it to a place where hopefully somebody could look on and say, you know what, that's a masterpiece. And God is continually shaping our lives. It may be that you became a believer um, last year. It may be that you're conscious that you've got so much to grow into. You may be aware that you're still making a lot of mistakes. It's okay. God's shaping you. He's bringing you to a place where you would become his masterpiece. And one of the ways that he does that is through the ministry, the teaching, the proclaiming of the word of God. R.T. Kendall says that the miraculous is not there for us to leave the Bible aside because the Bible is miraculous. The you that that oh, God's moving in the church? We haven't had a sermon for 15 weeks. Oh, that's all that's good. Yeah. Friends, that revivals have tried to sustain themselves without the word of God at times and failed. When the word of God is ministered, it begins to open our hearts in a way that nothing else can. Now, modern society, 21st century, secular, liberal, UK society, often opposes and pushes back on the word of God. So God needs some people that will devote themselves to the teaching of the word of God. Listen to what the Bible says about itself. I'll just bullet point them. The claim that it makes... 2 Timothy 3.16, it's God breathed. The Spirit of God breathed on the Word. The foundation that it gives, Matthew 7, the story of the wise and foolish man that built on sand and rock. The storms came to both. Oh, some of the storms that we've watched over the TV screens in recent weeks. We drove across the River Ouse on New Year's Eve. It's gone everywhere. Thank God for the A64 that was free. It's gone everywhere. And people that are at a, this morning are still mopping up their houses. We don't look for storms. We don't want storms to come. But if a storm comes, the foundation the word gives will help you stand tall. The growth that it encourages, where the Bible speaks about starting with milk and then coming to meat. The salvation it proclaims that points us to Jesus, the only salvation. 
the impact that it makes like a sharp two-edged sword, Hebrews 4.12. The wisdom that it shares. And wisdom is not just about being old and having a bit of, in quotes, wool on your back. Wisdom is for young people. Wisdom is to walk in the wise ways of God. And the proverb says, get it. Get wisdom. And the time that it spans. There are many people that want to consign the Bible to a museum. But the Bible says of itself that this is the word of the Lord. And the word of the Lord endures forever. We've got to contextualize it. We've got to make it relevant to our day. One of our great pastor friends from another nation, Pastor Dominic Yo, says we have to make it tasty. We have to put it in the context that we understand. I says to Christian recently, he says, mate, it's, it, for me it's not about age, but the day I stop being relevant, please keep me in the shins. Because we need somebody else to get up that is relevant. But the word of the Lord endures forever. You don't have to redefine the word. You just need to let the word come through you and let it shape you. Hear it. Obey it. Respond to it. Do it. Committed to teaching. Briefly, they were committed to fellowship. Not only uh, shaped by the word of God, but strengthened by the family of God. The word fellowship there is a word called koinonia. It means to have in common. And I love the church of Jesus Christ. I love this church because it has diversity. It has variety. It has different temperaments. People that are very in on themselves. People that are very out there. People that have different tastes and likes. And yet we have something in common that's defined by Jesus. And that brings fellowship. I was just singing this morning... It's not a new thought, but as we were singing, I thought it would be a lonely place if I was singing on my own. But, oh, you guys on the back. The noise coming right from the back seat, right over the front. There's something about fellowship. There's something about together declaring our commitment to God. Of course, the place of fellowship is not defined by a building or location. It's defined by connection. And we must increasingly find that. The power of fellowship is described in the Bible by one another's. A Christian alluded to some of them as he shared at the end of his uh, statement this morning. Bearing with one another, praying for one another, confessing to one another, submitting to one another, honoring one another, encouraging one another. We were just talking uh, in, a, in a family time whilst we were away. I put Miriam's for a couple of days and I don't know where it went, but I think it was Ryan said, you know what? There's something about forgiveness. And it just went boom. And there really is. Forgiving one another. I was reading the statement of Antoine LaRousse, whose wife tragically was killed in the 1311 Paris massacre. He says, I will not give the gift of hatred to my enemies. I want to say, friends, that whatever stands against us, let's not give them the gift of hatred. Let's give them the power of forgiveness. Every time. There's something about forgiving. And the priority of fellowship. Hebrew says, don't forsake the fellowshipping of yourselves together. Let me say without equivocation, friends, that in years of ministry, when people go cold on God, they go cold on the people of God. Where's so-and-so been? Where's so-and-so been? And sometimes it just happens that they're away and then they're back and then they're away and they're back. And I want to encourage you, 
to stay strong in God. And one of the ways that you stay strong in God is by committing to not forsaking the fellowshipping of yourself with others. We understand shift patterns. We understand that people work for the emergency services. We understand that people work in the health service. We understand the demands of a 24-7 world where jobs, even a few years ago, would have been Monday to Friday, 9 to 5, now spill over into the weekend. We get all the challenges of Sundays. And we're not afraid of them. But I want to encourage you, in all of that, in all of your world of work, and all the things that come to your life, to make a priority to commit together to being in common with other people that will encourage your faith. Briefly, they committed themselves to breaking of bread, steadfast in the sacrifice of God. There have been many names and traditions that have been given to breaking of bread over the years, but in Arena Church, we like to stick to this one in 242. We like to call it the breaking of bread. Sadly, often, of course, this practice in the church has often become prohibitive and exclusive. I was talking to somebody just recently that went to a traditional church and said, oh no, you can't take communion uh, because you're not a member here. Here we go. Let me say, friends, that in Arena Church, we ask those people that lead us in breaking of bread, be they young men and women or older, to do so carefully and deliberately and thank God for the wonderful contributions that people have brought regarding the lead in breaking of bread but I'm more convinced than ever and I believe Christian would say amen to it that the breaking of bread also is a gateway to people's journey to finding God so we understand that we look back we remember we look uh, we look ahead because we're doing it until he comes We look in. It's self-examination, not my examination of you. It's your examination of you. And we look around and appreciate the body of Christ. When we take the bread, it reminds us that his body was broken for us. And when we drink the cup, it reminds us that we sit under a glorious new covenant. An agreement that was ratified by Jesus' sacrifice upon the cross and on a monthly basis we try and give opportunity in arena church for us together to do breaking of bread paul would be talking to the small group leaders and it may often or certainly on occasions in small groups be an opportunity there's no problem with that Uh, and as often as we do it we do it in remembrance of him we look around understanding ahead it's until he comes We allow the self-examination of the Spirit to come to our lives. And we appreciate we belong to something. And fourthly, prayer, which will be very brief, because next week's message in the midst of our prayer and fasting season will be on this particular subject just to encourage us. But let me remind you of the where of prayer. You don't have to be in a church building to pray. You can pray anywhere. You can pray by the side of your bed. You can pray when you're driving into work. You can Pray when you walk in the fields. You can pray anywhere. The who of prayer. There's still a lot of people around that don't feel good enough to pray. But God says, even if you just cry out to me, you know what, Lord, if you'll just show mercy on me because I know that I've done things wrong. That's how somebody prayed in the Bible. He comes to us. And the when of prayer. Well, we pray first. You're going for that job interview. Pray first. You're going for that medical examination. Pray first. You're going to visit your relatives. 
that aren't believers. Pray first. You're going into that difficult meeting. Pray first. You don't have to be praying for hours on end. It's what we call our prayers. God, I'm going to this meeting now. I understand it could be difficult. The consequences of the working out of this meeting could impact numbers of people. I pray to you that you will help me in this meeting. Amen. Boom. Something happens when we pray first. It's a priority for us to build our relationship with God. And join together in public times of prayer. When we pray, something happens. So I close. Acts 2.42. Holy ingredients. They devoted themselves to teaching, to fellowship, to breaking the bread. And to pray. One great leader who was just this last awesome celebrated a 40 year journey of his church, culminated in a 25,000 strong community of believers gathering over these weekend services, said that from college days he has been held captive by Acts 2 42. May friends it capture our attention afresh on this first Sunday of the journey of Arena Church in 2016 because it represents the endless vision of prevailing communities called churches all across the globe and all through history. They individually and collectively devoted themselves to teaching shaped by the word, to fellowship strengthened by the family, to breaking of bread Steadfast in the sacrifice to prayer, sustained by his presence. I read this prayer by a great church leader on Twitter during the Christmas break. I said, Amen to it. I hope you can too. It says, Lord, whatever you are doing in the next season, don't do it without me. Arena Church, let's not push that prayer. To the next church, the next town, the next city, country, or nation. Let's us be in the next of God. Embracing the holy ingredients that make church work. They did then. And in 2016 AD, Anno Domini, the year of our Lord. May it just be so this year too. For you, for me.